Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except for Jesus. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, as we start another January... Last week, we started talking about what it meant to look for God's will in your life, to understand what God wanted us to do, where God was working, and where God was leading us. And there's a reason that we started this in January, and that's that the start of a new year is a perfect opportunity to reflect on the things that have come before and to look forward to the things that are yet to come. And now this is especially true at the start of a new decade. So we've just entered 2020. This is the perfect time for us to look back and think, what were things like 10, 20, or even 30 years ago? How were things different back then? How did we expect them to be now when we looked ahead? Did we even look this far ahead? And how are things different now from how we expected them to be? Now, as somebody who was born in the 90s, I can't speak from experience much earlier than that, but I can say that one of the interesting things that happened in the late 90s, early 2000s, when I was in youth group, was that people uh, started returning to a sort of almost hippie-type Christian practice. They would take part in, uh, in weaving things and making things. Macrame got really big for a little while, crafting made a resurgence, and one of the things that kids loved to make were these bracelets that said simply, WWJD, what would Jesus do? They would wear these and use them as a tangible reminder to look to the Lord in all circumstances as they were trying to decide what to do from moment to moment. Something like this that they wore was meant to be a reminder just to think, What does it mean to live a faithful life? Now, as the years have gone on since then, we've 
started to largely look back on those as sort of an artifact of the past. Although after the first service, I was informed by two youth that they were wearing WWJD bracelets. So you know what they say, everything old is new again. And if they're making a comeback, then I have to say I'm on board. I would happily wear one of those. But even though most of us probably don't wear WWJD bracelets now, if we ever did, the sentiment still remains. It's something that we've been trying to figure out even since the 90s. And that is, how is it that we can see what it means to live a faithful life? Those bracelets were meant to make us think about this in terms of what would Jesus do? Because as Christians, we're called to try and live lives like Christ, to look to him as our guiding light from moment to moment. But the truth is, this isn't just a 2020s problem. This wasn't even a 1990s problem, but rather, this is something that extended all the way back to this first few decades. We see this in our scripture when the apostles, not yet apostles, but still just followers of Jesus, went with him to a mountain. These were people who knew Jesus, who themselves were looking for ways that they could live a faithful life, ways that they could, uh, they could live in a way that would be pleasing to God. And what they found was that following Jesus helped them to see what it meant to be faithful. Indeed, following Jesus was itself an act of faithful living. And so they did. And they followed him to a mountain where they found themselves face to face with an experience they never would have expected. We read scriptures like this for many reasons. But an important one is this. Knowing what God has done helps us to see what God is doing. This is something that we can learn in our own lives, but it's something that the disciples learned on that mountain themselves. You see, they would have known the stories. They would have heard the scripture read, even if they could not themselves read. They would know who Moses and Elijah were, and here they found themselves looking at them, standing in the presence of these great and holy men. They knew what God had done, and they were seeing what God was doing. When they saw (coughs) Moses and Elijah, the greatest prophets of all time, they found themselves understanding in a new way the gravity of what was happening with Jesus There was Elijah who stood as the greatest of all prophets, a representative, if you will, of all the prophets who came before. And there was Moses who delivered Israel from the grip of Egypt and from Pharaoh. The disciples knew the stories and they knew the works of these great men. And yet then, as they found themselves standing in the presence of them, The voice that they heard from God, the voice that came from glory, was not about them at all, but rather it was about Jesus. And it proclaimed that he was greater. He was where Elijah was the great 
prophet and Moses was the great leader. Jesus was the son of God. See, in scripture, we can see that God is active and we can know that he's the same now that he was back then. After all, God is unchanging from day to day. He's the same now as he was, and he's the same as he ever will be. Good and strong and loving and merciful. As we read scripture, we're asking ourselves, what has God done? And we know because of Moses that he's delivered his people, that he's led them through trials And that he built for them a home in a hostile land. We know because of Elijah that God has worked miracles. That he showed his people that he was still present even when they had completely forgotten him. Even when the rulers demanded that they worship false gods. And he reminded them that he was the only true God. But on the mountain that day, the apostles came to see that it was through Jesus that God was doing those exact same things again, only more perfectly and more permanently this time. Friends, I ask you, what have you been through? What have you seen in your life? What victories and celebrations? What trials and struggles? What we see here is that Moses, by God's guidance, did something great. But because Moses' actions led up to Jesus, they were made perfect. The actions and miracles of Elijah were great. But because they led to Jesus, they were made perfect. Friends, whatever you've been through, whatever joys and concerns, whatever celebrations or burdens, know this, whatever leads to Jesus is made perfect in him because Jesus perfects the past. And for us, learning to see what God is doing begins by learning to see what God has done. And I don't mean just in scripture, I mean in your own life too, And this might seem obvious, but I have to say it. What Peter says in our second scripture reading this morning is that God's revelation does not need embellishment. We don't need to play it up. This might seem obvious, but when we're talking about our own experiences, the temptation is very much there to substitute what God has actually done for what we wish God had done. The only way that we can learn to make that distinction, the only way that we can learn to see clearly how God has worked is by spending time in prayerful reflection. I know this to be true in my own life because as I go through the ordination process, I'm asked time and time again to tell my call story, to tell about how it is that I know that I was called into ministry And let me tell you, it would be so, so easy to play this story up. Many of you have heard me tell it before. I was in high school when I first really clearly heard a call to ministry. We were on a mission trip in Memphis in the middle of summer. 
And I'd been on a roof all day, so I was exhausted. I felt gross. My muscles were tired, and I was sitting in the top bunk of an uncomfortable bed surrounded by middle and high school boys, so it just wasn't a very good place to be. And yet as I laid there and prayed, I heard a call to ministry. Friends, it would be so easy for me to say that in response to my prayers, God spoke to me in a voice that I could hear Or to say that I got a vision of myself years down the road proclaiming the good news. Those would be extraordinary ways for God to communicate. And there are some times when I wish that God would talk to me like that. But if I told the story like that, then I would be completely missing something better, which is what God actually did. See, God didn't give me a calling through a voice or a vision, but rather through a peace, through a still and quiet moment, what we in the Methodist church historically have called a strange warmth. This understanding that this was what I was supposed to be doing. And friends, For as good as a voice or a vision sound, I would never want to give up this actual experience of God for anything else. You see, the same sort of prayerful reflection, looking for what God has actually done, can help us to see what God is doing right now. Because God doesn't just perfect the past, He illuminates the present as well. When it's hard for us to make sense of anything, Look at it in the light of Christ, and you'll find meaning that you wouldn't have been able to otherwise. For me, I look back at that moment of call, and I learned the power of silence and of still moments and of quiet prayer. I know that this is a way that God has talked to me, has changed my life, and so when I'm trying to figure out what I'm being called to in a moment, I know that there's power in stepping back and finding that still and quiet moment and praying again because God's already worked in that way. And I know that God will work again. Friends, I ask you, how has God worked in your life? What has God used to make an impact? What has God used to reveal his will? It may have been a vision, or a voice. Scripture certainly says there have been many for whom that's been the case. It may have been something that exciting and extravagant, or it may have been something as quiet as a silent prayer, as a strange warmth, as a peaceful moment. What I ask from you is how did God actually impact your life? How has God actually spoken? When we can learn to look back at that, what we'll find is that Jesus perfects our past, but it's not just that. Jesus illuminates and gives meaning to our presence, but it's not just that either. Because when we can learn to clearly see God's will in those moments, what we find is that Jesus guides our futures too. After all, when you see what he's done You can better see what he's doing. And when you learn to see what he's doing, 
It becomes easier to see where he's taking us. And if we can see where he's taking us, then friends, we can know what it means to live a faithful life because all it is is following him, is following Jesus where he leads. You can learn this from scripture simply by looking at what Jesus did as he traveled the nation of Israel, healing the sick, spending time with the outcasts and telling them that there was a better way than the one they'd known calling people to repentance and to the joy of a new life. We see that Jesus has done those things and that Jesus is still working in those same ways. And you can look back at your own life at how God has worked on you and know that he is still working even now. And as you learn to see those things, living faithfully, friends, is just a matter of following the path that he is taking us on. So let us give thanks to God who will lead us. In Jesus' name, amen.